I think so often we forget that just at the mention of his name, strongholds fall. Just at the mention of his name, Jesus. Jesus. Why don't you just say Jesus? If you're in the room online, why don't you just say Jesus over your house? Jesus. 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 Come on, Jesus. Come on, we could do better than that, church. Raise his name, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, get to your feet, Jesus. Jesus, the name above every name, the name that is over every name, at his name, enemy flees at the mention of his name, Jesus. Come on, raise the roof in your house at home, Jesus. Woo! Come on, there is power in his name. Father, we thank you. We thank you that there is power in your name. What a beautiful name, but what a powerful name. We thank you, Jesus. Jesus, may that name be on our lips throughout our day and throughout our week as we leave that place. I don't think I need to even preach anymore. I think we're good. Jesus, that's like the word, that's our power word. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I, you know what? Sometimes it's just so simple. Sometimes the gospel is just so simple. Sometimes life is just as simple as that, Jesus. Sometimes the problem is just that simple as just saying, Jesus. Some of you, you can't get up right now. Some of you, you can't move right now. And God's like, it's all right. Just say, Jesus. And you know what? Some of you can't even speak. You can't move your mouth. But you can say it on your heart, Jesus. And I just want to pray right now for anyone that may have just switched on, for anyone that have may, may have just walked in today. Maybe you have never professed that name. And I just want to pray this prayer. If you want Jesus to be in your heart and you want him to be on your lips for the rest of the day, your days, just pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe today in your name. And I ask you to come into my heart. I believe that you came and you died on that cross so that I could be forgiven for all of the things that I do and all the things I cannot do. And today, I claim your name, Jesus. Come and make home in my heart. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I brought a message to you called My Gym, My, no, My Church, My Gym. My Church, My Gym, and I had to make it into part one because I didn't get to finish the sermon because I wasn't very good with my time. And you know what? That was good because I thought, you know what? We got through two exercises. I taught us some exercises in the spirit to do. And I was like, actually, I think that's enough for this week for us to take home so we don't pull any spiritual muscles. So I've come back today to do part two of My Church, My Gym. And what I was doing is I was just explaining that the gym, as an analogy, is quite like the church. So we go to the gym to help impact our physical health and we come to church to help impact our spiritual health. But just like the gym, it's no good if you just go once a year. You can go once a year, but you're not going to see very many results. And you can't really come once a year to church if you want to see God really move and impact in your life. And then on the opposite side, you can't make the gym your life. 
And you can't make church your life. I mean, you can if you want to. But if you're a believer in Jesus, then you'll know that Jesus is our life. And so we don't want to make these things our life. They're there as tools for us to help us learn how we can strengthen ourselves, how we can look after our physical health, our spiritual health. And I believe that they are significantly impacting of our identity. Our physical health, it does impact our physical identity. I was talking about how over the pandemic, I've sat on the sofa a lot. I've gone into the kids' sweet box a lot. It's now ginormous. It's a family sweet box. But I can't live in the pandemic life all my life because it's going to impact and it has impacted my physical identity. And just like in the spirit, if you do not exercise your spiritual muscles, you, it's going to affect your spiritual identity. And so I've talked about how the church is a little bit like the gym, but it's not something you just come to and that's it. You have to take what you learn from the gym and go home and live a healthy lifestyle so that you don't undo all that work that we did as we came together. And so what I want to do is I want to read the passage that we were in. It was in Ephesians 3.14. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. If you've got your Bible at home or your device, you can get it out. If you've got it in the building, you can get it out. I'll give you some time to find it because I am going to really read this one. A lot of the time, I kind of rehash scripture for you, but I'm going to read this. I'm going to read it slowly. I read it at the start of my last sermon on this topic, but I'm going to read it again. It's like when you watch a movie for the second time, you see things that you didn't see the first time. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it slowly. If you haven't got anything, it'll come up on the screen. But you know what? If you want to close your eyes and just meditate over this passage as I read it, you can do so. And I pray that Holy Spirit, you'll move powerfully, that your words will come out of the page and they will read us. It begins like this, Paul's prayer for spiritual growth. Verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, All glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. And I ask today that as I speak, Lord, I will just be a vessel and you will speak through me. Anything that shouldn't be said will just fall to the ground. But anything, Lord, that is to be said, I pray that every ear that is listening will take it for their heart, that it will be food for this week. Amen. 
Amen. Okay, so let me recap. You know, if you missed part one, it really doesn't matter. You can go back online and watch it. But at the same time, you don't have to because this message will be a standalone. And I'm just going to not just recap, but revisit some of the exercises we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago. And the first one was this. Um, We took the part of the scripture where it says, um, uh, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with it with the inner strength through his spirit when I first read that I was like whoa the most unlimited powerful heavenly resources are in me the same power that conquered the grave lives in me it lives in you and so our first exercise was we need to exercise our strength the strength that's in us and sometimes even as Christians we go if I'm so strong why do I feel so weak and sometimes it could be because you do not stir up the power that is within you and I thought of this really um not maybe not so helpful but it was really helpful for me analogy and you know how I feel about Halloween because we spoke about it last week so I feel like I'm safe to bring this to you you're not going to throw me off the religious bandwagon but I thought about Harry Potter Ooh, some people like no <laughs> I was reminded and I have seen the Harry Potter movies and you know what I, I've, the spirit of God must have been on me because it didn't take me I was okay I was all right okay but I'm not I'm not totally into it so I don't know why this came to mind but I remember this scene in Harry Potter and if you've never seen the movies good on you you do whatever it is that you feel God's called you to do and if it's not seen Harry Potter movies that's good but there's this let me just explain it there's a scene in the movie where little Harry finds out that he's a wizard and this big like godfather of Harry almost comes to his name's Hagrid right and he goes to Harry super fan on the front row (laughs) goes you're a wizard Harry I don't know what accident that was you're a wizard Harry And Harry's like filled with all of this kind of awe and reverence and fear. And then it turns into excitement. And then it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this power was in me. I didn't know that I had this. I didn't know I had really famous parents and a real rich heritage and like almost royalty. And come on, let's gather up our stuff. Let's fly. Didn't know I could do that. And go off to Hogwarts to study the ministry of witchcraft. Let's go. Like it's all exciting. They took it seriously, the power that was within him. He didn't suddenly go, oh, I'm a wizard. I've got all this magic and sorcery. No, he went off to school at Hogwarts. And you know what? I thought about that analogy and I went, you know what? Sometimes the people that are into the witchcraft and the wizardry and the hokey pokey and all of that stuff that we don't dabble in are more excited and more aware of the power that's in within them than some of us Christians. We go, hey, the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. When we're like, you lot are good, but some are like, nah. No, 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 come on, the same power that conquered the grave lives in you, it lives in me. Hallelujah. And what we need to do is we need to start to exercise 
exercise that strength. Exercise the power that's within us and start to really stir up that power. Start taking it way more seriously. Don't let some wizards on the movies take over your passion and your zeal. No, we can do better than that. You know what I felt as I was preparing? I felt that this word might be for someone who's watching online who might be in the building. But some of you have been ignoring that call to go off and study for the Lord. Some of you have been ignoring the tug to go and study at Bible college or go and get a degree in theology or go and get your master's. Maybe someone you're just, you're already high flying in your business or your career, you've already made it, but something in you might be going, actually, I need you just to go and lay it down for a minute and go and study. And you know what? We actually have a Hogwarts alternative. We have Ealing Bible College. It's in a castle. It's on a hill and it's brilliant. And you know what? I don't often tell people or encourage people to go to Bible College because I don't want them to blame me if they don't like it. But I just felt really deeply in my spirit that where are the people? Where are the people that are called to ministry that are going to go, you know what? I'm going to give up my I don't know, fishing. You see the disciples, they just said, God said, Jesus said, just give up your rods, boys, come and follow me. And they were like, yep, career down, went and followed, no questions. Oh, but what, you know, do we get paid for this? Not sure. Do we do this? Does it mean I can wear this? What does, what does this mean? It was just this zeal for I'm just hungry and I want to stir up the power that's within me. I don't know if it's for a career. I don't care. I don't know what it's for, but I just want to serve God. I just want to stir up and find out more and study about the power that's in me. Stop waiting for permission from someone. Stop waiting for a prophet to come and call you out and say, hey, I want you to go off to Bible college. I want you to go and study for the ministry. I remember when I was at Bible college, I don't know their names, but there was a pastor who had a church and he, he was a little bit older than myself, um, but he just felt God to lay it down and go back to Bible college. Already a pastor, didn't need to go to Bible college. He just felt he just needs to lay it down. And his wife went and served in the kitchen, serving young students their dinner and their porridge. Sometimes they weren't very grateful as well, but sometimes it's just that urge. And I don't know who that might be for today, but where's that passion and that zeal gone to go, you know what? I give it all up. I'm going to go follow you for the call that might be, I might be called to right now in Jesus. And just exercise, exercising. We, we put up an announcement today about coming and coming and learning about how to evangelise, how to speak about the gospel, how to communicate your faith with our neighbours. We have got a lot of Muslim neighbours, different cultures, and sometimes we cannot explain very well to them. And I challenge you, come and strengthen the power that's in, within you so you can get some tools to go and deliver it to somebody else. It's going to be an amazing course led by you, Seven Bev that we're doing. The second exercise that I had, number two, was exercise your trust. Because it said in the scripture that the Lord comes and makes his home in your heart when you trust him. When you trust him. And do you remember, and for those that didn't watch it, I I used that analogy where I had the towel um, and I just 
tidied my entire house up. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And then I walked into a room that I'd just tidied and I found this on the floor. I was like, what is going on? I went hot. I went crazy. I had to just like throw myself on the bed like a toddler. I was so upset. I was like, what person has done this? Jesus, why have you given me people that exhaust me, that ruin my house and get it out of sync? You know, sometimes Jesus can't come and make his home in your heart because you're such a control freak. Yes. <laughs> and it's really funny. I've got my, my parents-in-law here today, Paul and Sue. Let's give them a round of applause. We're all family here. My in-laws know this about me. Like, I, I panic if people are coming over. I want it all tidy. You know what? They love me. They don't care if the place is messy. They just want to come and see their family. But I'm like, everything has to be in order. And you know what? It's not, it's not the same sometimes with my own mom. If she comes, I want her to come and help tidy up. It can be different. You can have different almost, like, feelings. But it, sometimes we're like that with God. He's, like, knocking at the door. Hello, Revelations somewhere in there, knocking at the door, three, Revelations three, knocking at the door, saying, if you hear me, I will come in and I will dine with you. If you come in and you understand that my voice is calling you, I'll come and sit with you and have some chips and just chill out. And you know, a few weeks ago, there's a couple in our church that turned up at our house. They're an incredible couple and they'll know who they are. And we answered the door. See, when I first came to our church, I was like, the biggest fear was like, why have people just knock on our door all the time and find out we're dysfunctional? Because it's just crazy everywhere there's wet soggy towels everywhere and they won't be able to wash their hands never mind covid's you know won't be able to we'll have just dirty towels on the floor um this is one of my biggest fears and this great couple turned up at our house we answered the door and we were like this is this couldn't be this couldn't be any perfect time one of the humans in our house I won't tell you which one has just pooped on the floor a big poo as well and you know what i just that this, I'm on a growth journey and the trust in me is just, I don't know, getting, getting better. And I was like, come on in. And they came in with flowers and roses. And I was like, you know what? That's just what I need to see right now. Instead of the poo, a rose in my face. Thank you so much. They brought drinks and they just came and sat down and chilled in the mess. And actually they brought my chill down as well. And sometimes God's going, let me in. Let me come and sit in the mess with you. Come and and trust me, some of you are not trusting Jesus enough to open the door to him and let him come in and sit with you in your mess. You know, Jesus knows that you're messy. You're his kids. When you poop on the floor, he doesn't go, oh, you disgust me. He goes, come on, let me in so I can help you tidy up your poop because you cannot tidy that up on your own. You need me. But you know what? We're like, no, let's tidy up before the Lord comes. God, I'm not going to go to church until I've got rid of my addiction. I'm not going to go to church until I've, you know, got rid of like the sweary words out of my mouth. I'm not going to come to church until I'm sorted. No, come as you are. Come on in as you are. Trust him. Trust him. You see, Jesus, you can trust Jesus. He was about the towel ministry before he was about the tower ministry. He picked up a towel and started washing the disciples' dirty feet. He came to serve you. And you are never going to get there if you keep trying to tidy up on your own because you need Jesus' help to help you. So let him come in. And when I found out that I was control freak, Jesus said, hey, leave that towel. 
I don't want you to pick it up yourself. I don't want you to rant and rave at your family to pick it up. I don't want you to find the culprit. I want you to leave it alone. I want you to let it go. And what I discovered was that I can't trust God in the big things when I can't trust him to allow me to just leave a wet, soggy towel on the floor. Where is it in your life, that business, that work thing, that meeting you've got to go to? Just hand it over, let it go. Let it be the Lord's, trust him. Don't get all upset, just don't, just trust him. Exercise your trust, so wherever it is in your life that you need to exercise your trust, just allow it to be an opportunity. When you feel yourself getting stressed, when you feel like the control freaks coming in, all right? I'm not just talking to the women here as well. Like I feel some like looking at me going, this is such a woman problem. No, it's not. Rugby was on yesterday. No one was being quiet in our household. That is a stress like, for the guy in our house. Whatever it is when you feel the stress coming, just use it as an opportunity to exercise the trust so that the Lord can come and make his home in your hearts. Right, third exercise is this, third exercise. Let's pick up at the scripture where it says in verse 17, then Christ will make his home in his heart, that's what I've just said, as you trust him. And then your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand how all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep the Lord's love is for us. The third exercise is this, exercise your understanding or exercise your mind. You see, the love of God is so big. The love of Jesus cannot be contained in this life. The love of Jesus can't be contained in our thinking. That's why we need to exercise our understanding because this isn't normal love. See, if we really, really knew how much Jesus loved us, we wouldn't be the way that we are. If I really, really knew how high, how wide, how long and how deep his love was for me, I would not be the way that I am. And this side of earth, I don't think our brains can take and fully grasp how big his love is. And that's why we need to exercise because while we're here, we can keep exercising our understanding and keep growing in our understanding of his love. It's like this storybook that you might have heard of if you had little kids or maybe, I don't know how long it's been around, but it's called Guess How Much I Love You. And it's about a big nut brown hair and a little nut brown hair, anybody? Okay, and in the book, what happens is the big nut brown hair says to the little nut brown hair, guess, no, the little one says, sorry, the child says, how much do you love me? And the big nut brown hair says, guess how much I love you. And he starts with just saying, I love you as high as I can touch, as high as I can stretch. And then they start like trumping each other. Then the little brown hair goes, well, I love you as high as I can touch and bend. And then the big nut brown hair, the father starts to say, well, I love you as high as I can jump. And then they start to just basically have this battle of seeing who loves each other the greatest. And they start going up in scale and up in size until the nut brown hair, the little one says, come on, I know I've beat you now. I love you as high up to the moon then falls asleep because his brain can't take any more. That scale has just his mind. And then the big nut brown hair, the father says, hey, I'll keep topping you. I love you to the moon and back. 
And you see, this is what I think is a good exercise for us to keep, start off small. Let me, let me see God, like how much do you love me? Let him show you. And then when you start to grasp that, you can go a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit higher. And you can start to grow your understanding of how much the Father loves you. You see, the Scripture asks us questions, doesn't give us a scale. If, you're, if you like numbers and facts and figures, we struggle with this because it doesn't say, I love you a thousand twenty metres wide and I don't know, a thousand million, whatever. The, 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 I don't know why. I shouldn't even go to maths. Why am I trying to attempt it? I love you, X, Y, and Z deep, and this Mount Long. It doesn't say that. The scripture says a question How wide? How deep? How long is my Father's love? So he's inviting us to explore the mystery of God's love. It's saying you're not going to be able to find the end route. Because it's too big. But I am inviting you to ask the questions. I'm inviting you to challenge my love. I'm inviting you to ask me, how wide will my love go for you? How wide will my love stretch for you? Jesus, how high do you love me? Ask him. Ask him the questions. Let it expand your thinking. And here's a little little exercise you can do this week practically to help you exercise your understanding. I began to Google big things. I began to put in the widest things, the tallest things, the deepest things. And here's a little scale on the screen of some of the biggest, I don't know, structural buildings and towers and things we've got going in the world. And like the Eiffel Tower, before I Googled, the Eiffel Tower was probably as big as my mind went to. But then when I start to exercise my understanding, because that's all I've really seen, I haven't traveled a lot, I realised that there's even bigger structures in the world. And then I started to Google, okay, what is the biggest river in the world? What is, how deep is the ocean? I don't think there's even a measurement on how deep the ocean is because it's really deep. What is the biggest aeroplane? Start to speak your own language. I, I Googled and I found a picture of an aeroplane giving a piggyback to a little aeroplane. Did you know that there are aeroplanes big enough to carry other aeroplanes? That there has to be aeroplanes that can transport like staging and football pitches and things like that. And then I was like, what's the biggest shopping mall in the world? What's the biggest house in the world? Did you know that there's a seven star hotel? in Dubai. I thought it was Captain Five Star. You see how you're getting your brain, you're getting our, our, my brain was sort of stretching. It was exercising its understanding. And when you start to give yourself visuals, you can start, because I'm talking to not just like our heart and our spirit, but when you exercise your mind, you can start to go, whoa. So you said that the world is in my hand. Oh, that's a big scale. I'm going to have to take it back a little bit. And so I think one of the other things I Googled was um, I can't remember, but I remember my, when going back to the aeroplanes, I remember my mom being on an aeroplane once and she put up on Facebook a post of a staircase that was in the aeroplane. She'd never seen one of these before and she was a travel agent. And she started to say, you know what, I've just got a bit of an, in, I've just got a bit of an experience of how great his love is because this is beyond my imagination why there'd be a staircase in the aeroplane and that this aeroplane is going to take me off the ground and get into the sky. Like this is huge. And it's just that one little thing that made her go whoa this is like beyond my understanding when you stretch your understanding like that you can sort to get 
get a bit more trust flowing. You can start to exercise all those other exercises I was talking about because you start to expand how big this God is that we have. Um, one of the ways that I understand God's love for me a little bit more is there's no better way than when I stand next to a sea or when I stand on the beach or when I stand just by the, I think I've just said all the words for ocean, on the ocean. Because when I look at it, I feel so much awe, but also so much fear, like scary fear. There's nothing scarier to me than the ocean, but also reverent fear. Like, oh my goodness, I cannot see where the sea ends. And it helps me put into practice that how wide is his love? How deep is his love? So I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's go and Google the biggest football pitch ever that will help you in your understanding of this love that God has for us. And then the, the last point in worship team, you can start to come back and help me out because I'm going to come in to finish. The last exercise is this, and it marries really closely with exercise number three, exercise your understanding. This is the last exercise. Exercise your experience. Because what the scripture says in verse 19, after it talks about understanding, it then kind of goes back on itself and it says, but may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. So he's saying, understand, but then he's saying, but oh, that's not enough. Because really, you're never going to understand fully. So I need you to experience the love of God. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes through God. You see, at the gym, you have to have a good understanding of the equipment. If you just race in and you get onto that machine, you can end up damaging yourself or pulling a muscle. So it's good to have the experience, but it's also good to have the understanding as well. Now, if all you do is sit and read how to do the gym for dummies, but never go and get in the gym and exercise all of that content, you're going to be really lacking because you need to experience it. I remember for a long time when I discovered the cross trainer, I got on that thing and people were like, oh, it's such a workout. Oh, I've really, really gone for it. Oh, I'm feeling drained from the cross trainer. I remember getting on it and feeling amazing because I was like, this is so easy. I just can't believe it. Why are people like, I don't even, I must be super powerful. It was a good couple of months till I realised there was a button on that thing. And you had to start pressing the intensity and the pressure. And then as soon as I started to go up, I was like, oh, oh, oh. I'm not going as speedy anymore. So for all them months when I thought I was super fit, I realised I probably wasn't doing very much because I was on level one. And of course, it's like being on a swing. And so we have to make sure that in our Christian journey, we're not just understanding, though as I've just expressed in length, it's really good to start exercising your understanding, understanding, exercising your mind's capacity and understanding His love for us because He invites us, he invites us in to come on, explore this mystery of my love. But we have to make sure that we put it into practice. We have to make sure that we experience his love. And I don't just mean you need to come to church and get in a soaking meeting or just get in a meeting where we just wait on the Lord to experience Him. Like those things are good and I like those things. But you know, there's so many ways to experience the Lord. And you have got a spiritual love language. Most of us have heard about the five love languages. I think they're um, 
quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, touch, acts of service. You know, there's like an array of spiritual love languages. There's a book that really helped me. It's called Sacred Pathways. I forget who the author was, but if you Google it, it will come up. Sacred Pathways. And basically in Sacred Pathways, it just talks about all these different kind of prayer languages and basically all these different spiritual love languages. And you go through that and you start to realise, oh, that's me. Oh, oh, that's me. And you know, you don't have to just be limited to one spiritual love language. And sometimes we watch people and go, well, that's how you experience God. So I'll just do the same. And then you're like, why am I not experiencing Him? What's wrong with me? Am I broken? It's because you need to tap into your own spiritual love language to experience Him. There's things like um, nature. Some people, they hear God and they experience God the most through nature. Like I said, when I stand by the ocean, I'm like, whoa, Spirit of God. That is when it's so real to me. The reverence for God, the mystery. Some people, it's, they're the creatives. They experience God the most through artwork or doing something creative or structural engineering. Like you saw those buildings I put up on the screen. You know, that, that's not just secular. That doesn't have to just be worldly. Some people build for Jesus and that's how they experience Him. For some people, it's getting their nose in the Word, study, the Bible, theology. And that would probably be one of my husband's love languages. And, you know, we prepare our messages differently because we have to continuously tap into what is it that, how is it that I experienced the Lord speaking to me? Many of you will remember I experienced the Lord through TV. Like when my kids are running around, Peppa Pig's on, there'll be a sermon that comes out of it. And you know what, for a long time, I thought that was really unholy. And I was like, well, this can't be a good message because I got that from God speaking to me through TV. And I need to go and actually go sit in the Word for a few hours and, until that can be an actual solid Word. And you know what, God really released me there was this reality TV show that I was watching. I will not tell you what it is because between me and Jesus, there was a reality TV show that I was watching. It was on, it was there for me every single night, nine o'clock after the kids were in bed and like all of the dishes were done. And I just wanted to sit on that sofa with my drink, whatever it was. It was a healthy drink, tea, cup of tea. And I just was like, oh, and there'll be a niggle going, right? Open the Word of God, get the worship on, get the soaking pillow out, just sit and meditate on the Lord. And sometimes I'll just be like, God, I just want to sit here. It's been such a long day. My legs are aching. And like, this is so unspiritual. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, sit back, put your TV on, and I'm going to rub your head. I'm going to just rub your feet like He did with the disciples. He came and washed their feet. And I'm going to sit here with you. And we don't have to say nothing. You don't have to say anything to me. I will just sit and be with you because I want you to rest. And I tell you, one of the things that I thought was so ungodly was some of my best moments where I experienced Jesus. And I tell you, I learned so many things from that reality TV program. I made a sermon out of it. You're the bet. You know, sometimes whatever it is, and I'm not giving you permission to go, well, I, I get the best experience from, you know, smoking drugs or taking that or this I'm not giving you permission to sin because sin is one of the biggest things that will actually make you not experience Jesus it's one of the things that stand in the way of you experiencing Jesus but we have I'm trying to tell you that story because I'm trying to demonstrate there are so many different ways that you can experience God and it's important you don't look to your left or your right some of you you stop writing stop journaling 
Some of you, you've got a social media platform that God's like, I need you to start opening your voice. I need you to start blog writing. I want you to start stepping out because you experienced in me that way. And you've just got so daunted by everyone else around you and everything else going on around you. You think you're insignificant, but I want you to pick that pen back up. I want you to pick that paintbrush back up. I want you to pick those walking boots back up. I want you to switch back on that program that you thought you couldn't have permission to sit down and rest. I can come and be with you. You see, the best of friends are those that can sit in a room and say nothing and it's not awkward. Sometimes Jesus just wants to come in and sit with you. For some of you, it's music. You need to pick up the guitar again. There are many different ways that you can experience God and it's time to re-tap into what it is for you. And so Father, I thank you so much that you are a God that loves us so much that you give us this access to you that you want us to experience you that you love being with us and I pray right now for everyone that is listening online or in the room that Lord you would awaken their spiritual love language that we would have an experience of you again that we wouldn't feel guilty for what our spiritual love language is, but we would feel a permission from you, Lord. We'd feel a holiness. Some of you, it's meditating on Scripture. Some of you, it's solitude, just getting away on your own, and that is completely fine. Some of you, it's in acts of service, doing things for the Lord. You feel that the most when you experience Him. For some of you, it's celebration. For me, that's another one of my spiritual love languages is coming to the house of God and celebrating with believers. I really get a feel that way from being with God's church. But at the same time, I'm also, I also like to sit in a room on my own. You see, you don't have to limit it. And so thank you, God, that we can experience you. And I pray that this week, you would give us opportunity upon opportunity to exercise these spiritual exercises give us these opportunities that Lord we would feel so close to you and that we would continue continually build our life on your love and experience the mystery of your love how wide how deep how long how far your love is for us in Jesus name and everybody said amen